Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and it's great to be back again with you this week. We're continuing in our series, Developing or Finding Our Patients. And patience is so important in our lives in so many ways for the relationships within our family, with our friends, and even patience with ourselves that allows us to be more productive and be more likely to achieve our personal goals. We're in week three of this series, and I want to recap briefly week one and two. In week one, we looked at the research that proves that it's the relationship we have with our kids that actually protects them, not the way we approach them or boundaries and consequences. The second thing we looked at was patience and how important it is to have patience for the nature and the quality of the relationships we have with our kids. The third was not so fun, and it came from the article, 10 Tips to Help You Have More Patience. And it was that impatience is on our side of the ledger. It's not due to our kids' behavior or our spouse's behavior. It put it squarely on us, which is a challenge, not a lot of fun to look at, but really important to consider if patience is something you're struggling with as a parent. We also talked about how the root of impatience really is selfishness because impatience deals with our goals, our objectives being impeded or not happening in a timely manner. Which brought us to the last point we talked about in week one, which was that we need to stop being self-focused and really strain, stretch ourselves to look at things through our kids' eyes. In week two, we talked about patience and triggers. And triggers are really important to understand because this can override all of our best intentions, efforts, and self-discipline. When we trigger, we're going to react and so if we want to increase our patience, it means we really need to understand our triggers along with what we can do to head them off at the pass as well as heal them entirely so that we're not having to be on guard for them the rest of our lives. And so if you missed either of those programs, the first one on patience, discovering your patience, and the second on patience and triggers, I highly recommend you go to our site, revivefamily.com forward slash podcast revivefamily.com forward slash podcast, or go to our blogs where you can also find these in a blog format and catch up on the series because patience is so vital to our homes, to our joy, to our fun, our ability to be close to each other. And so if we're struggling with it, it's something we really need to take the time to delve into. And this week, we're talking about patience and personality type. Because there are just some personality types that are going to be naturally more patient than others. So if you're on the other side of the equation where we're going to be less patient because of our personality types, because of what we value and focus on, then it's going to be harder for us. And I'm throwing me into that statement for a specific reason, because it has been hard for me given my personality type 
to become a more patient, compassionate person, because I believe patience and compassion tie together in a lot of ways. One thing's clear is that I've found that being patient with our kids requires a more lighthearted, relational approach to issues, delays, and bad behavior. And this naturally comes easier to some personality types than others. Some of us are wired to be more task-oriented, more goal-driven, more focused on accomplishment rather than relationship, which naturally bends us towards that definition of impatience we talked about in week one. Impatience comes when our objectives, our goals, are being thwarted, delayed, or impeded. This is the reason if we're more focused, more task-oriented, more goal-driven, more accomplishment-centered, obviously these things are going to bother us more with our family members and especially our kids. In other words, in some ways, our personality type can set us up to be a bit more impatient. Believe it or not, given all I teach and what I do for a living now, it might shock you to find that I found myself squarely in those quadrants of personality type. I once was far more serious and far more focused on tasks than relationships than I am today. If you're familiar with the DISC personality profile, I was high D, high C, which meant dominant and choleric. Dominant means you're driven, you're goal-oriented, you'll run people over to accomplish your goals, and I did a lot of that in my younger years. And then C, choleric, is more cautious and analytical, which means you like to analyze things, you like to get things right, you like to have everything in order. In many ways, these two personality types are polar opposites. So I felt like I was split in half at times because I wanted to go drive and get things done. But first, I had to do all of this homework and all of this careful analysis first, which my board members would laugh at related to my nonprofit because they've seen me do all of this research and all of this homework to develop everything we've developed before I was willing to go out and really speak boldly about it. The challenge, of course, is that both D and C are task-oriented. They're not relationally focused. I and S in the DISC test are relationally focused. They're the influencers that want to be around people and the social butterflies. And the S who have that compassion, that heart, that want to relate to people and go deep with people. So believe it or not, I was an analytical driver, not someone who was naturally bent towards or gifted for relationships, fun, and lightheartedness. It's something that I've had to stretch myself in, learn, and grow. And I was really lucky, given my circumstances and situation in my past, being with Camps Crusade for Christ on staff, and then having my own company, that I was able to sit with a number of key experts, and one of them did this fascinating thing. They had us plot the disk test instead of on a graph in a circle. And then they gave us a chain and it made these really ugly sharp pointed shapes instead of this round circle. And what they said was that Jesus represented all the personality types in perfect harmony. So he was completely round. And this is why he related to everybody and 5,000 chased him around the lake. And why this was so valuable and strategic for me is this person didn't say, hey, Jeff, live in your areas of giftedness, which is what we tend to do with spiritual gifts tests and personality profiles is focus on your gifts. Instead, he said, Jeff, focus on your weaknesses. 
work on those. Try and become round so that you can connect with people, which is what I spend most of my time doing today, whether it's when I'm out training and answering questions with parents or I'm doing coaching with kids and families and parents. I can tell you for certain there's no way I could do what I do today had not this person challenged me and had not I sought to see my giftedness and my personality bents modify, grow, and change. And I know many of us have come to the conclusion that we can't change, that once we have our personality type, that's the way we are and we just need to be there and we're stuck there. But that's not true if we have a big God, if we have a God that tells us to become Christ-like and he represented everything in perfect balance, he's given us the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit, sanctification and growth and healing of our hearts to become more round. And I've seen that happen. I've had multiple personality tests given to me of different types and varieties, and they all show a massive increase in my desire to influence as well as to connect with people that S, that heart, that compassion. In fact, I'm far more balanced today than I've ever been in my life. And this is absolutely essential to our patients. If we can't change our focus from goals and tasks to people and relationship, Patience is probably going to continue to be an issue for us. We're going to have a difficult time keeping our patience when our kids are getting in the way of our tasks, objectives, and goals. Even if we've dealt with our triggers, which we covered in the second program in the series, Patience and Triggers. My analytical-driven nature had me trying to solve my kids' problems, solve my wife's problems, I was trying to become the change agent in their life because that was basically one of my goals, and it made things a mess, especially for my oldest daughter. This is why I believe understanding ourselves as parents is so important. And that means if you have taken a personality profile or you haven't taken one, it may be time to take another one and really look at it in the light of the relationships with your family members, especially your kids. In fact, one of the things we have in our implementation guide for our online parenting program, Influential Parenting, is the recommendation to take a specific personality profile, go through it, have everybody in the family take it, and then get together individually with your kids, give them your results, look at their results and discuss them and help your kids understand you better and come to understand them better. It's interesting the conversations that this creates between parents and their kids. But this program is about patience and our personality type and how oftentimes our basic personality bent can lead to us being more or less patient. So what can we do? How do we begin to adjust our personality, our focus, if we're wired to be equation-oriented, if we're wired to be an accountant, or we're wired to be in finance, or we're wired to be driven? How do we begin to curb those things related to our personality type that can lead to our impatience? And we'll discuss that more when we come back with more of Revive Families Connecting Hearts in just a couple of minutes. Hey there, it's Jeff Schott, and I want to talk to you briefly about Influential Parenting, our parenting program. If you're one of those personality types that's way more focused on tasks and goals and getting things done and equations, I can tell you for certain, taking our parenting program, Influential Parenting Online, will stretch you, will challenge you, 
and it will be a game changer for your relationship with your kids. Even better, we've made our online program for parents, Influential Parenting, completely free. This includes the implementation guide and even parent support phone calls where you can get on the phone and ask your questions with me on a weekly basis when you get towards the end of the online class. Why did the board vote to make this free when similar parenting programs are $190 to $385? Because we're a ministry and Jesus didn't charge for his teaching and healing. And we've decided we're not going to either because we want to help as many families as possible. And we want to make this program available for churches to refer parents to, for organizations like Boys and Girls Clubs and ministries that work with troubled teens to make this available to their parents because we know it's going to make such a huge difference. We've seen it make that difference in the lives of thousands of families already. Kids draw back closer to their parents, and they start making amazingly different, far better, far more godly decisions as a result of their parents going through the program, doing the implementation process, doing the exercises that get the issues resolved and draw people back together and changes the focus of the family. Our kids love us. They truly do want to please us deep down inside, but oftentimes we've made it so difficult they've given up. So go to revivefamily.com right now, go into products, select Influential Parenting Online, and sign up for free and get started. It's 15 short, 7 to 15 minute sessions that are easy to get through. There's an audio download so you can listen to it while you're driving to work or taking a walk. There's no reason not to get started today. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're talking about patience and our personality type. And during the break, we talked about the Influential Parenting Program online and how that can really stretch and help people with more task, goal-oriented, or equation-oriented personality types. And given the craziness that's going on right now with the coronavirus, COVID-19, and the shutdown of so much in our country, I know it's got us stressed out. It's got us worried about finances and the economy. But man, it is giving us some more time to spend with our families, to spend working on ourselves. And right now, our kids need some of that relational reassurance, and they need to see faith at work in us so that they can have faith and have peace during these crazy times as well. And that is more difficult for some of us, like me, who was born with a high D, high C personality type. It took a lot for me to develop that heart, that compassion, that ability to see things through kids' eyes. And boy, I'll tell you, sitting with 4,000 kids in the research face-to-face helped and stretched me a lot in this area of developing heart and compassion for others. But what can you do? How do you begin to address stretching your personality type? And that's what we're going to be talking about here in the second segment of the program, patience and personality type. When that leader challenged me to stretch myself and not just to function in my strengths, they recommended I intentionally take on volunteer roles, assignments at work that were outside of my comfort zone, outside of my natural giftedness. Since I was really low I and really low S, that meant I didn't like speaking in front of groups. Boy, being on a radio program would have terrified me back then. 
In fact, I remember calling into a sports show once in Phoenix, Arizona, and being one of those unlucky few who froze up on air and they ended up having to hang up on me. So trust me when I say doing what I do today has required a massive change in me, a massive change in my priorities, and it has resulted in a significant shift in my personality type. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to consider doing once you know your personality type or you pull out the results from a test you've taken in the past is to focus on the weaknesses for a moment and think about how you can begin to stretch yourself both at work and in your personal life. I was fortunate because God kind of forced me into it when he called me to start this ministry. And I remember being absolutely terrified, thinking, oh my goodness, this means I'm going to need to speak in front of investors. I'm going to need to speak in front of groups. That gave me some ammunition to argue with God about the call. But that's exactly what happened. And along the way, he provided mentors like Gene Fowler, who really helped me get over some of those fears and those issues. And I dove into my areas of weakness, of caring, of heart, of compassion, and of influence and of speaking. The second thing we need to do if we want to adjust our personality type is to go to God and ask him to grow our hearts. And if we're also dealing with some triggers, ask him to heal our hearts. We need to turn back and look at those painful things from our past and then turn them over to God and, if necessary, go through the grieving process. One of the things that helped me begin to get over my fear of speaking in public and on the radio was going back and remembering something that was just horrifying to me, which was my first grade teacher making me read out loud in front of the entire class. And I was dyslexic and I would stumble and fumble and then ridicule me afterwards. I think she thought that would motivate me to spend more time reading at home. It had the opposite effect. And that fear of being in that position contributed heavily to me moving away from being an influencing personality type that wanted to be up front. We can take these things to God. We can pray over them. We can ask him to help us look at things through our kids' eyes. We can ask him to stretch our hearts and develop our emotional understanding, our emotional intelligence. And I've seen him do that in my life. The third is regular prayer for growing heart and compassion for others. Compassion is something I've done an entire podcast on that you could request access to by going to our contact form on our site, revivefamily.com, and I'll send you a link so you can get to that podcast on compassion because we can pray for it, but there are some specific things we can do to expand our compassion, to have an understanding and a sympathy for other people's feelings if we're one of those personality types that aren't naturally wired to be there. And the fourth thing we can do is explore our own emotional intelligence. This is really important. I've worked with so many successful business leaders who are really struggling at home with their kids and their wife, and it's because they're incredibly strong in IQ. They're very intelligent. And I've had some moms like this too, who were scientists or HR compliance executives who are incredibly intelligent, But their intelligence is on the fact, knowledge, memorization, wisdom side of the equation. It's not on the emotional side of the equation. And emotional intelligence is absolutely required for raising kids if we're going to have close, tight relationships in order to develop internally secure kids, emotionally healthy kids 
personally confident kids who don't end up with a bunch of emotional triggers. So if you know yourself to be one of those high IQ, task-oriented, goal-oriented parents who don't naturally connect with your kids on an emotional level, here's some things you can do to stretch this area of your personality type to see things begin to change. The first thing you need to do is ask yourself, can you identify your own feelings in different situations that occur with your wife or your kids? If we can't identify feelings beyond hurt, pain, frustration, anger, or being upset, or they're very limited beyond those, it indicates that we need to start working on this area of our lives. Instead of just focusing on reading business books and gathering more knowledge, it may be time to shift the focus of our growth efforts to our heart, to the emotional center of our lives. I can tell you that a vast majority of the parents that I end up working with that are having significant challenges with their kids are really high IQ and very low EQ. They have a very low understanding of their own feelings, and thus they have a very low understanding of their kids' feelings, which is why this is so important. If you find yourself in this place, please use the contact us form at revivefamily.com and ask for the emotions chart that I've developed in working with families that's very comprehensive and will help you begin to stop when things arise and you're not sure why you're frustrated and upset. Instead of reacting, pull out the emotions chart and spend some time getting to understand your own feelings that are going on underneath the anger and the pain. And take this lack of understanding to God in front of the emotions chart and watch your heart begin to grow. It's going to change your perspective of so many things. It's amazing. And it truly will help the relationship with your kid. Once you begin to get a handle on your own feelings, then can you share them? I'm working with a mom right now who has told me she doesn't have patience, who gets frustrated, upset, and hurt a lot. And I've helped her begin to understand more of her feelings, but she is so fearful of sharing feelings with people. She thinks they won't be understood, they won't be heard, she'll be mocked, she'll be dismissed. Some of this stems from her past, some of it stems from the trust issues she's developed as a result of all the hurt she's encountered. But getting her to begin to share her feelings and be emotionally transparent with those around her is going to change things dramatically not just for her husband or with her daughter, it's going to help everybody in the house become more transparent with each other. So once you begin to get in touch with your own feelings, then the hurdle is beginning to share and being open and transparent with your family, especially your kids. I know that we've heard advice in the past that we shouldn't share our feelings with our kids, but from all the research and time in coaching kids, they want to know how we're feeling, and when they do, it's amazing how much more they respond to us, respect us, listen to us, because they get us, they understand us, they can relate to us. So our fears of being emotionally transparent and sharing with our kids when we're struggling or we're worried, as long as we're not emotionally dumping and looking to them for our emotional stability, I've found this transparency really dramatically changes the family culture for the better. And the third thing you can do to analyze your emotional intelligence is really stop and listen to yourself. Do you allow your family members to share their feelings with you? 
or when they're sharing their feelings, do you interrupt them? Do you minimize their feelings? Do you give them answers or lecture them with the facts on how to proceed as opposed to just listening and letting them share their feelings with the goal and the effort to really understand and develop compassion for them? I found when you begin to do this as a parent, it really stretches you at first. It's really hard at first, but boy, does it begin to transform your heart, especially if you're doing the other things first, identifying your own feelings, getting familiar with those, getting comfortable sharing your feelings. When we begin to do this with our kids, they begin to be more willing to do it with us. All of these things will stretch and change and transform you. They will move your personality type. You'll become more balanced. Your DNC, in my instance, will come down and your INS will come up and it will become easier to connect with a broader range of people and a lot easier to have a great relationship with your kids. I know we've been led to believe that our personalities can't change and that we should work in our areas of giftedness, but I'm going to tell you it's such a blessing to focus on the weaknesses and trust God to change your heart and to change your focus because that will adjust your personality type. Thanks for joining me this week as we continue in this series on patience. I hope you found this helpful. And if you have any questions, please use our contact form and I will get back to you. I'll be back next week with more of Revive Families Connecting Hearts and one more program on discovering our patience. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.